Good evening, Toastmasters. We'll be Toastmasters listeners and friends. You're very welcome to the talk show for talkers. Our email address is info at irishtalkers.com and you can find us, as always, on Facebook as the Talk Show for Talkers. And we welcome your comments, your questions, your feedback and, indeed, your evaluations. You can listen to previous shows from this season on our website, irishtalkers.com and, in fact, you can get access to all our previous shows. We also publish the Public Speaking Weekly, a weekly roundup of links from the internet regarding Toastmasters, public speaking, confidence, leadership, etc. Just look for the newspaper link on our website. My name is Moira O'Brien and I'm joined this week by the prolific, persuasive and passionate Paul O'Mahony. Uh, hello, Moira. I certainly feel so passionate that I'm going to use a plethora of punctuation and pauses to parse what I'm communicating today. <laughs> there are a lot of P's there, Paul. Well, I, my name I, is Paul. Well, indeed, indeed. About time I spoke up for my the P in my name. <laughs> okay. Well, we have a full show, as always, for you this week. We have a word of the week and a thought for the week. We are not looking in the magazine uh, today, but we do have... A, an interview. Well, actually, we have two interviews in one. We're going to be talking to the organisers of the District 71 conference. So that will come in the second or third sections of the show. And in the final section of the show, we will be looking at the next path, which is, I believe, the leadership track, or, well, one of the, one of the leadership tracks specifically leadership development. So I'm looking forward to that one. I see you chipped in a P there with your path. <laughs> well, you know, the, 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 the English language is, contains 26 letters, when I last counted, anyway. So every 26 words, at least, there's going to be a P. There has to be. Well, so that's a perhaps, profusion of points. Perhaps we will not postpone the continuation of the show any further, but leap into, if that's, I can't, oh, okay, yeah, we'll just get straight into it. And let's have the thought for the week. This week, I'm turned to a gentleman called Thomas Fuller. And this is, came from a leadership, a list of leadership quotes, as we're talking about leadership later on. If you command wisely, you will be obeyed cheerfully. If you command wisely, you will be obeyed cheerfully. And I think in my experience of being a leader in business and uh, in other organisations, that's very true. If you are unwise in your commands, then people will resent you and therefore they will not be so willing to follow you. People might think that a leader who started a company which is quoted on the stock exchange, Moira. Now, you're going to tell me that you've looked him up on the internet, which I didn't do, I, I freely admit, and you're going to tell me exactly when he was. Do you want to hazard a guess? I would say 1752. Well, well wrong. <laughs> well, well wrong. I mean, my goodness, how wrong could you be? Thomas Fuller lived during the English Civil War. Oh, really? Even yes. older than that? He's older than that, even. My goodness, right? yeah. So, but he has a huge number of quotations. Yes, and, indeed. Uh, so, Thomas Fuller, 
certainly has a plethora of quotations, some might say. Now, I seem to have heard that word on the show already before. Let's stick with the point here about <laughs> leadership now. I mean, obviously, the point about people who prognosticate about ways in which people can make a difference, ways in which people can draw the best out of other people, is that they often can be wise without realizing it. So well, it's entirely possible that Thomas Fuller did not realize that his words would be quoted, uh, what are we talking about, three or four centuries later? A bit more than that. Right, five yeah. centuries yeah. later maybe, Anyway, somebody who's quoted in, in when we, English Civil War, that's got to be about 15... Uh, four centuries, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, 15, 1565 or thereabouts, English Civil War. So definitely, um, Thomas Fuller, actually it's a great quote really, because it's been said in a thousand and one different ways. But that's a very good one. Command wisely and be obeyed cheerfully. So, having, having pushed the plethora of uh, points that we've been pushing. That's duplication, I know. Uh, can we turn to the word of the day? Yes, I was <laughs> going to say that we've had a plethora of plethoras. This is true. Okay, I, I admit, <laughs> and it's probably been obvious to you and maybe obvious to others that the word of the day is going to be plethora. Indeed, sir. Now, the word of the day plethora is often used to mean two different things. It can mean to have an abundance, in other words, a huge amount of something, like, as in, I have a plethora of pints, or a plethora of, yes, a plethora of awards at Toastmasters. That can mean a lot. Or, there's another meaning of the word plethora, which is that plethora can mean an excessive amount of something. So you can have a, a plethora of alcohol, a plethora of, some people might uh, say they have a, what, what could, have you got an excess of anything, Moira, in your life? Oh, an, an excessive amount. Undoubtedly, Paul, I think we all do. I, my excess is possibly sleep, no. <laughs> oh, you have a sleeping, plethora sleeping. of sleep? No, I don't Excellent. have enough sleep, really. But... Uh, I'm sure if I if I struggled hard enough, I would find maybe a plethora of YouTube videos would be... You would have yeah, prepared yeah. in order to be able to present your plethora. Okay, the key this thing is about plethora this is, is, is... This is the one thing I want to say about plethora, really, which is that, you know, you often make a speech or talk in conversation in which you say... A lot, the word a lot. A lot of people did this. Yeah. I had a lot of bad days. And a lot is vague. A, lo a lot is not an interesting word. A lot will not hold attention if you're speaking with other people. It will not help you to get your meaning across. Plethora is not a word that we, used, we use all the time. By the way, it did have an origin in me medical uh, area where people could have an excess of blood and that was a plethora. But to come back to it, if you want to say a lot, another useful word which is a cinnamon is a profusion. So it, it, these words of the day enable 
people to enrich their conversation uh, easily and especially if you're going to say something in a presentation of any kind and you wanted to capture the attention of your audience by the richness of your language and if you say for example you know we have a lot of customers you're begging for a question like how many but if you say we have a plethora of questions people will actually not fully understand so you better explain what you're going to what you mean and you say in other words in other words the number of customers exceeds our capacity to deliver so that's we have a plethora of customers that sounds good i confess that i'm i'm a little bit in betwixt and between as to whether i would have used it in the past in the excess version or the a lot of version i think i probably would have used it in the excess meaning but i i'm not too sure but it's certainly a word that is within my vocabulary, not without it. Well, I think we've certainly made enough points about the word of the week. We have done a lot of peas. Paul, let's bring this speedily to a conclusion. And Can I just chuck in one more word? <laughs> Indeed. Impinge. 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 Well, that's got a good P in it. That does, doesn't that, it? That word plethora has impinged on the flow. It has. Of... Well, it gives me great pleasure now to sit down with Sharon O'Neill, who's the conference director and with Pat Dogan, who's the finance manager of the conference, to talk to the two of them in an exclusive interview. Let me start with you, Sharon. Will you give a short introduction to who you are? Who are you, Sharon O'Neill? How did Earth did you get to become conference director? <laughs> hey, everybody. I started in Toastmasters in November 2011 and moved clubs over the years. In, nine, in 2015, I was fortunate enough to win the humorous speech contest for my division, which meant I had to go to the district contest, which was held in Y Boston that year. And when I where's Y Boston? Y Boston is about an hour from Stansted in the southeast of England, I think. We stayed in the conference centre for the entire weekend, so it was just a case of get off the plane, get into a car, go to conference, get back into the car, get back on the plane, and go home. And by the time I got off the plane in Cork on the Sunday night, I had made up my mind that conference had to come to Cork. I'd had such an amazing time. We'd been so well taken care of, particularly as contestants. We were beautifully minded. And conference is such an amazing experience anyway that I decided, yes, we're bringing conference to Cork. And six months later, we went to the Limerick Conference and we made a bid to bring it back to Cork. And lo and behold, they said, Eriguanzo. And two years later, I can't believe we're a week out of conference and we are pretty much ready to rock. Pat Duggan, were you with Sharon when she went to the UK? And no, Paul, I wasn't at that conference. It's sad to say it's one of the few conferences that for various reasons I haven't been able to get to over the last 15 or so years. No, I heard about Sharon's plan to bring conference to Cork shortly before Christmas of 2015 when I was approached by an emissary from... Uh, Sharon and uh, Maria Gillen, another member of the team, wanting to know 
if I would come on board the team that was bringing the conference to Cork. I have to say I was delighted to come on board because bringing conference to Cork has been a dream of mine for at least the last five years. I remember actually I was at a meeting in Blarney Toastmasters one Tuesday night and I got a text during the break from Pat Duggan who was at a meeting in McCroom Toastmasters or Lee Valley Speakers where he'd been approached by Maria and the text just said thank you for making one of my dreams come true and I remember thinking that's the guy that I want on my team because he's as passionate about it as I am and the great thing about our team is that we have a whole different set of skills so we have project managers on our team I'm a business manager in my real life outside of Toastmasters so we're, we're bringing a, a huge skill set and quite a varied skill set so even though no neither Pat nor I has brought a conference to Cork before we're confident in the product that we're going to be delivering in a week's time it's been a committed and a focused journey with huge energy great fun and we are as in love with our conference today as we were two and a half years ago <laughs> well look we will go on to the uh, the present day but I want a little bit more of the journey. Now look, you can sweep people away in Y Boston saying we want the conference, but these are very serious people who are in, in charge of these Toastmasters conferences and you have to persuade them that to back you. Now look, Pat, uh, let me bring you in. You're a finance guy. You know about prudence and how to be careful about this thing. So I'm imagining if you were, had been the district director what would have gone through your head when a bouncy, young, enthusiastic woman says, give it to us, give it to us? What questions would you have had? I think the, the first thing that I would look for always is the, the enthusiasm that you can bring to it because with enthusiasm, you can achieve anything. The second thing I, I would have asked is, what, who's on your team? What experience do they bring to it? And I think the combined experience that we bring to this, and we've we've all been to conference previously. We've all come up through the ranks of Toastmasters. We've served in area and division roles. So we've learned from the organization of area and division conferences and events. Also, as Sharon mentioned, we all have lives outside of Toastmasters and we learn things in, in that life as well. What I've discovered from, the, from way, way back when I joined Toastmasters first, that in the first six months that I was in Toastmasters, I also was asked to do a similar role in work. And the skills that I learned in Toastmasters helped work and work skills helped Toastmasters. So life is a learning experience. That's what I would have looked for from the team. Sharon, what about you? What's been your learning during the during the early stages now? When you, you came back and you had to put a team together, I presume you didn't have the team before you were in Y Boston because no. it was it was like Moses and the burning bush. You came down and you needed to assemble a team. Yeah, I was pretty much on fire when I got off the phone from Y or off the plane from Y Boston for sure. But before I answer that, one of the, the key things about district conference is you're correct. It is an extremely serious event and the district leadership team are serious people and when you bid for a conference, you have to show that you're serious. So when we went to the Limerick conference to actually make our formal bid at the future conferences meeting, we had 
a presentation put together. We had an amount of planning put into it. We had done our costings. We had our hotel provisionally booked. We knew what we were doing. We also had a wealth of conference attendance experience behind us. And we knew what works and what doesn't work. So when we went and made our presentation to the district leadership team, we then were grilled. And our experience was tested, our knowledge was tested, and our preparation was tested. And we came out of that very well. Now, we had goodie bags for them as well, of course. I'm not saying that we bribed them, but... I'm fairly sure that we did make an impression. Oh, and we also showed up wearing the same T-shirts. So we, hey, we, what was we, in the goodie bags? Come on, we, we did, other people are preparing what goodie do bags. You ever, what do you ever need in a goodie bag? Chocolate. Ah, right. Chocolate with cork written all over it. And, they, you know, and with any presentation, you know, we were serious, we had our numbers, we had our facts, but we also had a good bit of humour. And we were professional but light-hearted in how we delivered it. And I do think that that made an impression. And... We're known in the district as well. Myself and Pat and the rest of our team are known in the district. So people felt that they could give us the conference with confidence. And we don't feel that we're letting them down on that at all. What was your other question? I forget. But yeah, because so let do me I. Just take, take, the, <laughs> take the district thing. Oh, it was about what you learned. But no, hold on. Let, let's go from John O'Groats, which is one extremity of District 71, is right really? up at the tip of Scotland, right? It, it, and District 71 comes down not as far as London, but it goes halfway up the side of Wales. So, and then it comes across to all of Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. So it's a big area, mm. right? It's a big area. People are, come here. And the, the conference, I know this, that conferences in Toastmaster are, are a teamwork between a district, the remote people who take strategic views of how to develop Toastmasters in a large geographical area and a local team of people who are also strategists who actually make it happen on the day. Mm -hmm. How on earth did you manage to to combine so well? Uh, Paul, I I think why the conference is set to be a success is that because we've taken every opportunity to remind people of it. I, I put Toastmasters into my calendar every year. For the two, when, or when there, up to now, when there was two conferences, I put two conferences into the diary every year. But for various reasons, people, not everyone can do that. So we've been reminding people that Cork is happening in 2018. So I've seen it at, I've seen it at division level that the that the more you put the information out there that something is happening, the more likely people are to book for it. As well as that, we are being hugely supported by the district leadership team. Uh, Since November, when the Steel City Conference ended, they have had our logo and our website at the end of every single email that they have sent to every single Toastmaster across the district, and that's nearly 6,000 Toastmasters. And they send an awful lot of broadcast emails. We're getting fantastic support from Laura Bruce, who's the District 71 PR person. And also, in terms of the, the strategic part of it and the liaison between the district leadership team, the fact of the matter is the programme quality director for every district is the person who has leadership responsibility and accountability for the delivery of contests and workshops at a district conference. 
So that's Patricia O'Reilly for this year. Patricia and I are in constant contact with each other via email, via text, via phone. And we're at the stage now when there's emails and texts flying at least a dozen times a day. But the great thing about it is that Patricia and I seem to have a similar kind of attitude to what we need to do at this stage of the game. She's a lady that works quite well under pressure. It turns out that I'm working quite well under pressure and I didn't really know that about myself to come back to what have I learned. And even when things appear to go wrong, when we communicate with one another, even within our team or myself and Patricia, we are able to say, okay, everybody stay calm for one quick second. Let's have a think about this. Let's look at our options and let's come up with the solution. And we had a situation last week where we were in, you could call it crisis mode for half an hour because we thought that something had happened that was going to impact our conference in a major way. But after the first few minutes, we just said, OK, let's really look at this strategically. Let's look at all of the dominoes that are going to fall because of this incident. Let's start identifying them and let's start fi- figuring out a way to put them back up again. We'll take a little break here so we can have a little bit of music and we'll come back to more details in the second half. to the second part of our discussion. Guys, I want to ask you something. Why do people come to Toastmasters conferences? Uh, Pat, you've been to loads of conferences, I understand, and Sharon, you've been to many. I think at the end of the day, the reason that people come to Toastmasters conferences is because humans are social animals at the end of the day. It's an opportunity to meet new people, to catch up with old friends. There is... A bit of business to be done. There's contests to be participated in. But I have noticed that once people start coming to conference, they will keep coming to conference. That this, I've been talking to a contestant. First ever district conference will be in Cork. I have no doubt that he will be in Norwich next year and he will be in Killarney the following year because at the end of the day it's a social event Sharon, do you agree with Pat on that? I kind of do I'd probably add more to it you know it takes three storms to make a perfect storm coming from three different directions if a conference is going to be an amazing conference it needs to be the perfect storm of a conference it needs to have three different storms it needs to have the contests they are a thoroughly enjoyable and educational piece of the conference. It also brings a level of excitement to conference and it encourages people to go to conference who have never gone before because they're going to encourage or support a particular contestant or they're a contestant themselves. The second storm is the education storm, which is the workshops and the keynote speech, where we learn about both the communication and the leadership streams, but in fine detail, with a a microscope on one particular aspect or another. And the third storm is the, the one that Pat referred to, the social aspect. It is the best fun ever. The entertainment in the evenings where we gather on the Friday night and the Saturday night over dinner, where we talk to one another over coffee and lunch, catch up with each other, meet new friends, and as Pat said, interact as social beings. So that's one of the driving factors behind what we wanted to deliver with Safe Haven. It has to be the perfect storm of a conference for us, and people love that. It becomes the perfect social interaction, because you're being educated and you're being entertained 
and you're being engaged. And tell me, how is that powerful, perfect storm going to be realised in the particular conference that's... We're recording this eight days out from the 11th of May. How is that going to be realised? What would you pick now? Uh, we can't cover the whole of the conference, right? But, uh, yeah, let's take that storm then. Where do you want to start? The, this, this Safe Haven conference, I've, we've seen the bookings this morning. This is going to be the best attended conference that I have seen in Toastmasters in a number of years. So, therefore, I think the social part of it is already filled. We have fantastic local entertainment lined up. For example, the Pat Fitz Band, who the Irish contingent at least will already know of. He's the most fantastic has the most fantastic band that will keep everyone on the floor on Saturday, on Saturday night. Cork and Toastmasters is renowned for its storytelling, for its use of language. So on Saturday, Saturday night as well, there are, there's alternative entertainment lined, on, lined up. We have the Gab Storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we have the Bold Ensemble, who are an improv group, group, who are fantastic. One of the things that everyone that I've ever met discovers in Toastmasters is their inner actor or their inner storyteller. So I have absolutely no doubt that those parts of the meeting are going to be hugely interactive and at one in the morning, <laughs> with or without drink taken, people are going to fi- find their inner voice and they're going to be telling jokes and stories and singing songs and improvising with the bold ensemble. Yeah. One of the things about it being the one o'clock in the morning thing, because we've been with one another for that full day, learning together, enjoying contests together and all that, people are much more engaged with one another. So the inhibitions are dropped, if you could say that. People are more comfortable performing in front of one another and going outside of their Toastmasters comfort zone. We're all okay performing in front of Toastmasters, giving speeches, prepared speeches. We're even getting to be okay with the table topics and the impromptu speaking part. But what conference offers is an opportunity to take that to the next level, still in a hugely supportive and appreciative audience. But hey, sing a song, tell a poem, tell a story, do a bit of improv. So it's it's confined or held safely within the Toastmasters structure with the same supportive and appreciative audience but you get to move the boundaries of your comfort zone outwards and that is one of the greatest gifts of conference. Now if somebody's saying to their partner their whoever they share their life with I want to go to conference and their partner says to them well, why uh, do you want to go to conference? And they say, great social life, fantastic singing, dancing, laughing. It may, the other, their partner may be thinking, well, that's a great thing, you need that. But they might also be saying, are you going to get a bit of education? Mm-hmm. So to say to me something about the, you know, talk to the partner of the person coming to the, who isn't coming themselves. Well, how educational is a conference, Sharon? 
Oh, hugely. For Safe Haven, for example, we have seven different workshops lined up. There are two that are focused specifically on communication skills. One is about using your voice and one is about using your body. There is one from the only accredited speaker in District 71, which is all about change and how we react to change as people and within Toastmasters. The CEO of our organisation, Daniel Rex, is going to be delivering a keynote and a workshop about leadership. So we're covering... Oh, James McGinty is doing a workshop. He's a man who wears flashy shirts. He wears flashy shirts. He's, yes, James McGinty is a legend in his own lifetime. But he's giving a workshop on impromptu speaking, on table topics. Well, I hope he hasn't prepared it. I I seriously (laughs) doubt that if I know James. And uh, Teresa Dukes is also going to be doing a workshop on making your speech memorable. We have Ted Corcoran who's talking about how to write a speech in 10 minutes. So when you think about it... Who's Ted Corcoran? He's a former president of our organisation, international president of Toastmasters International. You mean there's been an Irish president? Only the one. We're still waiting for the next one. But we've seriously big hitters at our conference who have years of experience behind them and who are covering the full breadth of the Toastmasters education spectrum across communications and leadership. Cork. Cork is... Now, you mentioned one venue already. How important is the venue where the conference is being held to the success of the whole thing? And just quite how good is Cork, guys? I give you a one-minute add-on, right? Pat, one minute on on how good Cork is, and you're ready to go next. Okay. I... Thank you again, Paul. I moved... I came to live in Cork originally in 1995. I... Not long before that, I had been living in Dublin, and when I arrived in Cork, Dublin had, or excuse me, Cork, had as many theatre screens and as many, uh, as many cinema screens and theatre stages as Dublin city centre did at the time. The beauty of Cork and the area I lived in at the time is that you could go to the theatre, you could go for a drink, and you could walk home. And I think Cork has still retained that big town feel. It's proud to be a city, but I think it's retained that that big town feeling. Uh, We have a a fantastic venue. It's had a 17 million million euro refurbishment over the last 18 months. Over the last couple of years when I've gone to conference, I've always extended my stay. I've gone a day earlier, stayed a day later. So I can go and see places like the Cotton Mills in Manchester or the Knife Museum in Sheffield. And I think there is so much of that to be seen in Cork. If you have a couple of hours to spare, go and visit the English market. It's the functioning, it's a functioning uh, market where there's loads of local produce. It's one of it's better than any I've seen anywhere else in the world. Sharon, is Cork an ideal place to hold a Toastmasters conference? Well, obviously, I think it is. Otherwise, I wouldn't want, wouldn't have gone to all this effort over the last two and a half years. One of the, mo- the, the most important things about Cork is that it's a hugely welcoming city. The humour here is ridiculous. We're a very laid-back, very casual very relaxed type of people and incredibly welcoming. There's, it's the biggest county in Ireland. We have the seaside and we have 
the cityscapes. We have the countryside, we have small villages, and as Pat said, a city that feels like a big town. We have culture, we have crack, we have the music. We have golf courses. We have amazing golf courses and all other sorts of sports amenities are available to us as well. We have fantastic food. It is the food capital of Ireland. And then you have the small towns. We have the butter roads and all sorts of amazing gourmet experiences in Cork. The thing about choosing the Clayton, Cork, the Clayton Silver Springs as a venue, one of the main issues was being able to say to people, there is no limit to the number of tickets. We are in a venue that can take 800 people theatre style for an international speech contest. So if there's 600 people out there, or no, actually, we're up to 250. (laughs) (laughs) If there's 550 people out there who still haven't booked their tickets, they're welcome to come and join us. And that's the beauty of the hotel. And we have the hotel entirely booked out. With and how only many people will be in Chicago for the World Championship then? If if you can fit six, how many did you say? Eight hundred theatre style in the main venue. Would that be actually big enough to fit the Chicago Conference? If the you... Chicago Conference, I don't know that, but you know, yeah, we can I'm certainly just start thinking about a conference in the future. Look, guys, I just need to thank you both very much. Uh, I'd like you, uh, Sharon O'Neill, to have the very last word. So I give you the floor. All I really have to say is that this is going to be an amazing conference. It has been an honour and a privilege to be a conference director. I've had a fantastic team working with me. We are in love with our conference. We are in love with our city. And we want to welcome people home to Safe Haven in 2018 because it's going to be a magical weekend. Welcome back to the final section of the Talk Shave Talkers this week. And I'll just give you our email address again, which is the info at irishtalkers.com. And our website is www.irishtalkers.com. Right ho, we're back into. Right ho, that's how silly it is. So I can't help being English. <laughs> we're back into. Right ho is a clutch phrase. Is is it, it well, it is, yes, it is, it is. So it's good to practice them. <laughs> Well, we, we, we spend a lot of time trying to get out of and stop using these clutches. So, yeah, uh, let's look at the next path. We're going down the paths and the next one on the list is leadership development. This path helps you build your skills as an effective communicator and leader. The projects in this path focus on learning how to manage time as well as how to develop and implement a plan. Throwback there to last week. Public speaking and leading a team are emphasised in all the projects. This path culminates in the planning and execution of an event that will allow you to apply everything that you've learned. Okay, as per all the other paths, the first one is mastering fundamentals and the second one is learning your time. In this came in this case, understanding your leadership style as opposed to your communication style. So we'll go on to level three. And level three, the, there is one project which you must do, and that is planning and implementing. Create and implement a plan for a small-scale project. And this can be personal, professional, or club. And your choice of speech 
or a two to three minute report. So it's, a, it's not a, a major exercise, but it's certainly one that uh, will involve a little bit of work and a little bit of effort. And you have various resources. You have a project plan resource, event planning worksheet, and project completion form. Okay, so you've done that. Then you have uh, elective projects. As always, there's two to choose from a list of about uh, 11 or 12. And the list is as follows. Delivering social speeches, using presentation software, connect with storytelling, creating effective visual aids, using descriptive language, connecting with your audience, make connections through networking, focus on the positive, inspire your audience, prepare for an interview, understanding vocal variety, effective body language, and active listening. Now, for those of you who've been paying attention, you'll realize that a lot of those are part of the, the old Competent Communicator manual. And I think we can see this going through the pathways that they're taking the, let's say, the best out of the old and applying it in maybe a slightly different way into the new. So I'm quite happy with that. I do, I do have a number of uh, CC manuals left, which I am handing out to new members in my club as they, as they come. We've only got two or three left, I think. But it's good to have those manuals. And I think it's a, it's a bit of a shame if the new members don't have the opportunity of reading those manuals, because those manuals are the 101 of public speaking, aren't they? But let's continue. I, I suggest we, you keep one, just one, for your club archives. Yes, yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. Well, I have my own, of course. Ah, I, but your own you might take with you, but the club well, archives, true. That's very, very important true. resource. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so let's go on to level four. And as we'd expect, this is at a higher level. Building skills. The obligatory project is leading your team. And I can turn over the page here. Leading your team, lead a team of two to four people on a project. Again, be club, work or a community and give a speech about it. So this is... This is not far from the high-performance leadership project that in the current and in some of the, uh, the level fives, but it's not quite as, as detailed, I guess, as that. So that's the obligatory project. You then have to choose one out of the following eight, and they are creating a podcast, building a social media presence, managing a difficult audience, write a compelling blog, manage online meetings, question and answer sessions, public relations strategies, and managing projects successfully. I think this is, these projects are very much more focused than we've seen in some of the earlier uh, paths, because this is very much down to building leadership skills as opposed to communication skills. We've had communication in level three, and our level four is directed at leadership. Well, just one point here about yes. let us take create a podcast. Yeah. Now, as I look at this, um, what this path involves, yes. you, you would be demonstrating um, your ability to uh, have leadership skills by making a speech back in your club 
about a podcast you've actually made. I think, you well, know, you without, would, wouldn't again, that be it? You'd it have made, be, you'd have made a podcast. Bearing in mind that we haven't seen and we haven't got access to the detail on these, so we are in a, a little bit finger in the air. But create a podcast. You could do this on your own. But the idea of this is it's leading your team. So they, I'm sure that they, what they're trying to do is to say, well, get a team together to create this podcast. Now, for example, I'm a technical person. I may not be the best person to be behind the mic. So I would take you, Paul, and say, Paul, will you go behind the mic? Yeah. I'll take somebody else and say, well, will you do the publicity on this and get it onto iTunes and so on? Do you understand? So that, yeah, so that, that a, is the way I would see it as being relevant to yeah, leadership. And that's and creating leadership. a podcast because yeah. creating a podcast requires, in some way, attracting listeners. Indeed so. It, Indeed. You know, if nobody downloads it into their <laughs> podcast catcher, uh, then does the podcast exist? Well, this is a this is a, this is a very interesting question, which is slightly outside of the, talking about pathways. But maybe we'll touch upon it later. On level five, now we have to demonstrate our expertise, and there are two projects here. The first one is managing successful events, and the last one, as always, is reflecting on your path. So, managing successful events, plan, coordinate, and implement. An, an event and give a speech about it. Now, I can see this as being very much uh, on the lines of the, and I forget what the, what it's actually called in, in Toastmasters, but where you're going for your advanced leadership, uh, sorry, your advanced uh, communicator goal, you really have to do a, a one to two hour presentation on uh, a one or other subject. And that can be done and should be done as, let's say, a division-wide project if you're within Toast, doing it within Toastmasters. But of course, it can be outside of Toastmasters as well. And there are resources in Toastmasters uh, as events planning worksheet and writing a communication plan resource. So those are, that's the, uh, the mandatory projects. You then have to choose one out of your elective projects. Uh, there are only six to choose from. Lessons learned. Now that, to me, that sounds like a very simple one, doesn't it? For an advanced, this is an advanced level, the top level. But anyway, let's, let's not, uh, not prejudge. Moderate a panel discussion, ethical leadership, high performance leadership, leading in your volunteer organisation and preparing to speak professionally. So I, I could see the, uh, the depth in the other ones, but I, I'm slightly confused about what's involved in lessons learned. But given that it is a level five project, I'm guessing that it will be a significant project to well, do. I, I presume the event that you've um, managed successfully, that is, a, is an event which has required you to practice a whole range of skills. You know, that yes, it is. All of the ones that we've mentioned, you sure. mentioned above. Sure. So therefore, there's the project to be done, and there's a speech reporting on that yep. on that event, and then there's another report, which is the lessons I learned. Yes. Now, uh, to do that at a quality level um, requires a good deal of reflection, a good deal of an ability to paint a picture for people of the circumstances which you were in. 
explain the connections between what you learned and what is in the in the general theory in relation to that area. There's, sure. there's a substantial amount of uh, expectations. And I suppose with all of these pads, you can do it at a superficial level. You can race from beginning to end, look for the minimum level of the easiest way through, and uh, learn a okay. small little bit. Well, we do have a little bit more information on one of the other documents that I uh, gained I think it actually came from Blondie Toastmasters, believe it or not. <coughs> and it, uh, it reads as follows. Lessons learned. Lead a lessons learned meeting for a team you have done a project with or are doing. Document the results. Ask the team members to do a 360-degree evaluation of your leadership and give a speech about the experience. And there are additional materials available. 360-degree evaluation resource, lessons learned response log and a metrics log. So yes, they are. Oh, they these are, are these are, are not to be sneezed at. No, these indeed, are indeed. Yeah, but you see, the devil the devil is always in the detail, and we only have limited amount of detail here. Uh, going back to the the podcast, create a podcast, record sixty minutes of podcast content, play a ten to five to ten minute segment of it for your club, and introduce it with a two to three minute speech. So total time is seven to thirteen minutes. So that's you know that's a, a fairly chunky project to do. Building a media presence, which is a, another one in the uh, the level three, sorry, level four. Start a new social media presence or enhance a current one, personal or professional, as long as you have a goal in mind and give a speech about it. Write a compelling blog is another one. Post at least eight blog posts in a month. You may choose to have club members evaluated and, as always, give a speech about it. So there's, there's, there is detail behind this, but... It strikes not, me not at, the, at level five in relation to all of the pads. You're actually talking about work, which is at the standard, let's say, of a good honours degree at university level and perhaps even yes, a I've, small uh, master's degree. A I, small, I would go along with that. You know, it's but not... When, when you think about it, this is this to achieve level five for the second time takes you to distinguished Toastmaster. Well, so we, it's it's yeah. therefore yeah. it's perfectly expected that it's going to be at a very high level because to achieve distinguished Toastmaster is always a high bar. Otherwise, the 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 name will be dumbed down. Indeed, so indeed. So, Paul, before we finish, what thoughts do you have so far, um, what we've been going through in the paths, the pathway paths? Is this something that is uh, um, lighting your fire or well, are you looking forward to it? There are a plethora of paths. Uh, I have already it's started. I've done my icebreaker on one. I've, I, um, the name of the speech was... I am not a visionary communicator. On that note, folks, I'm afraid we have to say goodbye because once again, we've run out of time. So from me, Moira O'Brien, it's goodbye and see you again next week. And from Paula Mani, cheerio for now. Bye-bye.